I was going through TikTok and saw a couple overweight people complaining about a study that got published in February that said being overweight is much more unhealthy than we previously thought. This is going to be a controversial episode, but I'm going to try to cover this as evenly as I can. So one of the biggest challenges in conducting studies is that we often start off with the wrong data. Let's say, for example, I think carbon is actually hydrogen and we're conducting a study on human composition in terms of elements. We'd be mistakenly conducting that study with a false premise that humans are made up of 10% carbon when it's actually closer to 19%. And if that study were accepted, any subsequent study that cited it or used it as a base would be operating from incorrect presuppositions. Does that make sense? And you might be wondering what this has to do with obesity. Well, a study out of CU Boulder looked at nearly 18,000 people and found that excess weight or obesity boosts the risk of death from anywhere between 22 and 91%, significantly more than we previously thought, while the mortality risk of being slightly underweight has likely been overestimated. Why is this? How could both of these things be happening? Most weight-related studies use BMI, body mass index, as a measure of body composition, which is essentially your height and weight as a metric combined. There's issues with this, though. If you're like I was when I graduated high school, 6'3", only 140 pounds, you're very underweight and at high risk for health issues or death according to your BMI, even if you're moderately active. And what about someone like Zac Efron in Baywatch? At 5'8 and almost 180 pounds, he's in the overweight category and just barely underneath the obese one. But we've all seen that. He was shredded for that movie. When Ryan Master, the guy who looked into this, looked through the nearly 18,000 people over almost a 30-year period, over 4,000 of which were dead, by the way, he saw that a full 20% of the sample characterized as healthy weight had been in the overweight or obese category in the decade prior. Basically, this group lost a significant amount of weight somewhat quickly, but were still showing up with unhealthy metrics. What Ryan mentioned with this data was long periods of carrying extra weight can cause health issues, which can cause major drops in body weight suddenly. If the BMI data is measured at that time, the results get skewed a bit. This is something that he had said about this. I would argue that we have been artificially inflating the mortality risk in the low BMI category by including those who had been high BMI and had just lost weight recently. As another interesting piece of info here, the people who were at lower BMIs and recently gained weight showed better health metrics. I think Ryan says it best here, though. The health and mortality consequences of high BMI are not like a light switch. There's an expanding body of work suggesting that the consequences are duration-dependent, basically saying the longer that you're dealing with these issues, the longer they're going to take to get rid of. By including people who had spent most of their life at low-weight BMI in the high BMI categories, previous studies have inadvertently made high BMI look less risky than it is. Basically, people who were underweight and suddenly gained weight looked healthy, and people who were recently overweight and lost it looked healthy. Simply changing your weight or BMI isn't enough. Your body does take time to become healthier or unhealthier in line with your body weight. 
So what this study questions is how accurate our beliefs about BMI and its correlation to health really are. And what it found was that when you remove the false starting point of BMI as a basis for other studies, there's not actually this U-shaped curve, U-shaped curve, where underweight and overweight are considered equally unhealthy. In fact, it's much more like an upward trend that puts obese and overweight individuals at higher risk for death. So much so that at least one sixth of deaths are related to obesity. Now, if you haven't been following along with the world of people who always need something to be upset about, aka TikTok and Twitter, some folks out there think that the word obese is discriminatory. Obese people are a marginalized class, and they're in an uproar about this study, believing it's oppressive to overweight individuals. And that's where this question for this episode came up for me. Are obese people oppressed? Well, everybody, that is what we are going to be getting into today, episode 49. But before we get into that, if you have not already, please subscribe, like this video, share it to someone else who needs to see it, and let's get to it. There are three main areas that people say obese people get discriminated against at the doctor, socially, and at airplanes and restaurants, which are similar. So I'm covering them together, but I'm going to cover all three of these. So we at least have something a little more concrete to go off of here. They say they're told you need to lose weight as a solution to almost anything that they come in for. Obviously, people know I don't agree with doctors most of the time. But when you are dealing with something that is a common comorbidity or a cause or is at least directly linked to nearly any health issue, they are correct in saying this answer. For example, we, we know that the body can feel stiff if you don't drink enough water. But if someone comes to me with back pain and they say, hey, I broke my back once, even if they're not drinking enough water, and it might be related what do you think I'm more likely to consider the issue? If that person were also obese, I'd also mention the fact that the extra weight on their body isn't helping them and that it would behoove them to lose it for some relief from the extra weight that is pushing down on their body. Doctors are right to recommend this as a course of action for almost any health issue for anyone. If you are obese, that impacts medication dosages efficacy of various things, access to certain surgeries, weight loss surgeries even require you to lose weight first. Let's say hypothetically, I said this to somebody as advice. Are you at a manageable weight? Do you eat mostly whole food and drink only water? Do you exercise and have some muscle mass that is free of major muscle imbalances? Who are these questions and the advice best for? I'll give you a second on it. Okay. You ready? everyone. It is not discriminatory. This is the answer for nearly anyone to rule out the most obvious issues and provide the most common solutions. The worst part about going to the doctor and their first answer being that you need to lose weight is that because fat loss is the most obvious solution, them jumping right to this may cause them to miss out on what is really ailing you. But again, this makes sense to do. If I go to a doctor and say, I have a headache, and I'm bleeding out of my ears, he'll probably look at that first as opposed to asking if I have tried Advil, 
their job is ruling out the most common or obvious causes and narrowing things down until you need a specialist, not sugarcoating your feelings and saying, hey, maybe your knees hurt because you have Osgood Schlatter's disease, when the more likely thing is you are simply overweight. So what about airplanes and buying an extra seat? A while ago, I made a TikTok about manspreading and how the biological reason for doing it is that we don't want to crush or overheat our testicles. Nearly every reply to this was, then buy another seat. And I completely agree. This biological reason for taking up more space does not excuse invading people's space. Plane seats used to be 19 inches wide back in the 80s. Now they're often as low as 16 inches. My shoulders are 22 inches wide. And I'm not even one of the biggest people. I'm always uncomfortable on planes. And I've got friends who lift way more than me that are way wider than me. If we want to be comfortable, we should have to pay for two seats or first class to accommodate our extra width. The same is true for obese people. Airlines already accommodate larger people with a seatbelt extender for free. Should they be given free extra seating for personal choices too? Of course not. Just like anyone who chooses to lift weights to become wider or larger, these are the consequences of their choices. And obviously, people might hear that and say, choice, and get mad that I'm saying that obesity is a choice. But it is. Any metabolic ward study, which is the gold standard for nutrition, shows that body mass decreases in caloric deficits, period. People's metabolisms may be slower, but that just means you need to either speed your metabolism up through various ways or decrease your intake. There is still a choice. These things all apply to restaurant seating as well. In fact, I have been out with a friend when we were at a, when we were at a table that couldn't fit us. Did he complain to the restaurant and tell them that they were fat phobic? No, he said he couldn't fit. And we asked for a different table. And I don't think either of us have thought about that interaction again until I began writing this script, of course. That said, you know, fuck the airlines for stealing those extra three inches. Is there social discrimination? Overweight people always talk about how their body and diet always receives unsolicited advice and comments. What they may not be realizing because it's not nearly as publicized socially is that everyone deals with this. I want to point out again that at 6'3", I graduated high school at 140 pounds. My entire life was people telling me to eat more, asking if I was worried about getting blown away by the wind, having friends, parents, and school officials ask me if my mom was feeding me. There is no one glamorizing being real thin from a health perspective. Sure, there used to be models like Twiggy and the whole heroin chic area, but no one looked at that and said it was healthy. Now, as a personal trainer, I average around 190 pounds. When I'm at celebrations or eating with friends, if someone new learns what I do for a living, they will inevitably point out that I'm eating poorly in this moment and say how they wish they could eat badly like I do and have the same physique. Or at a wedding when I got a second piece of cake, someone said, oh, you probably shouldn't get that. You need to watch your figure. Ha ha ha. I eat badly maybe one to two times a week on a crazy week. I don't point out how much time and effort I put in because I understand it is most likely just a projection of their own insecurity. 
people will probably hear this and say, well, they're just joking with you about positive attributes. But those same people would be upset if someone said a seemingly positive stereotype like Asians are good at math or people from Kenya are really good runners. You can't have it both ways. Socially, what do we see with obesity though? Obese models are on tons of magazine covers. Not just magazines to show how clothing and beauty products work or, you know, how they clothing looks on overweight people. Health magazines. They're always women, of course, because there is no movement to glamorize obesity in men because most men who are told that they're fat either don't care how they're being perceived because there is no sympathy for it socially or they hear it and do something about it. But that's a topic for another time that nobody wants to face or talk about. Maybe I'll make a video about it eventually. While looking through TikTok, I found so many people touting the benefits of obesity, not just being positive about their body. I'm going to attempt to link some TikTok videos, preferably with commentary, Um, I found while researching this, but if you are not hearing this right now, it's because I could not figure out how to edit them in. And if you are, then here they are. Hey guys, um, this is editing Andrew from the future. Before we watch this first video, um, one, please don't bully this person in any way. Please don't track them down. Please don't harass them. Don't do that with any of these people whose videos I link. These are just for examples. Please be nice. Um, the second thing is I, uh, I'm going to read what this video or what this question says on her video, because not all of you are on YouTube, which you should be, um, cause there's a lot of video components that I've started using. But what this question says is why do you like being obese? What benefit do you get from being this big? It's a three minute long video. I'm not going to link the whole thing. There's going to be a teeny tiny clip, but basically what she says through the whole clip is, um, there are tons of benefits. There's so many benefits. I get a lot of benefits. There's so many benefits to this, but she doesn't actually say what the benefits are that are intrinsic to being overweight or being obese. Just, oh, there's all these benefits. There are several emotional things that she says, which again are not intrinsic to obesity. She says things like, oh, you know, I, I feel comfortable in my skin. I have people who love me. That has nothing to do with your weight. Um, she says some stuff about, you know, diet culture and uh, some stuff about how uh, there's illnesses that will, um, you know, make you fat no matter what. 90% of weight loss uh, attempts fail long-term. Various things that are related to personal choice or that have already been addressed in this video. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of that. First instinct was to say I get nothing out of it. But that was the self-loathing of diet culture and a past me that thought I got nothing out of it. I know you'll probably not believe me, but I get so much out of being fat. Um, Positive things about the fat experience, part two. One of my favorite things about being fat is that we don't experience bloating the same way other people do. Even if I'm super bloated, first of all, you can barely tell. And then second of all, my clothes already function with weight fluctuations, so it's fine. The, the bloating was interesting. Um, I mean, there's tons of issues that we don't see inside of our body, but that doesn't mean that it's not impacting us, you know? Like if somebody has, uh, I don't know, skin cancer slowly forming, uh, they're not going to be like, well, you know, I don't necessarily notice it, so it's it's fine. And the thing about the 
clothing fitting for weight fluctuation that that seems to be more of a matter of like how you prefer to style yourself like right now i'm wearing jeans but i, I wear sweats and you know oversized tees 90 percent of the time i wouldn't you know it's the the clothing that you fit if it is elastic then then yeah but it's like if you want to wear well-fitting clothing then that's kind of where it becomes a little bit more complicated i wouldn't see, I say any of this is um intrinsic to being obese and this, uh, this final one, it says, perks of being fat. When I fall, I don't feel a thing. Uh, my man has extra to grab onto when we get it on. No one sits next to me on a plane, and the flight attendants give me an extra seat, no charge. I had to double check that, and no, they, they do not actually do that, um, for the record. But um, the bit where it's like, when I fall, I don't feel a thing. Well, I mean, if you're overweight, your legs have more to carry you're likely going to be more clumsy and probably fall more often you know if an overweight person falls down they still bruise they still get injured um i would be shocked if you didn't feel anything and the uh the bit about oh and my man has extra to grab onto god i i cannot imagine what the gal would be dealing with if she were you know underweight or even just like a normal weight and posted something like this and was like, oh, my man gets, you know, X, Y, and Z benefit. It would be considered bad phobic. So anyway, back to our regularly scheduled audio. Sorry for all these last minute edits. The body positivity movement used to be about people who were different. They were injured. They had a skin disorder. They were maimed from war or disease. They were extremely unusually tall or short. They were a little heavy or a little skinny. It was about how we don't all fit the ideal beauty image or body type. It now glamorizes poor health. There is a tweet from a woman, which I'll put up on the screen if I remember to, named at Hutch Leah that says the term obese is a slur because it, it's used to dehumanize us and harass us. It is not because our feelings are hurt by an accurate description. It is an outdated term that does more harm than good. And as such, it should be eradicated. That's it. She doesn't like the word. So what if we change it? Excessive weight, maybe? Or any other term used? Doesn't change what our brains hear. We know what is being said. Just like if I say homeless person or unhoused person, which is now considered the PC term, you still know what I'm talking about regardless of the words now being essentially softballed to you. And the words that are formerly PC become today's slurs. The terms for homeless people back in the day used to be gypsy, vagrant, bum, hobo, and so many more that we look at nowadays as horribly rude. How long until these replacement words that, that we use in place of obesity are considered a slur? So what are your thoughts here? Are obese people oppressed? Is it like many people say where they are oppressing themselves? Or is there a systemic issue here that needs to be fixed? Leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube so we can discuss this. And please share this with someone to hear their thoughts on this as well, because this is a way tenser subject than I realized. So if you have stuck around till the end, I'm doing something new, guys. I am offering a $10 Amazon gift card at random to whoever can DM me at AndrewPFM on Instagram to tell me how wide I said plane seats were in the 80s. I will post the details with a randomizer for everybody who gave the answer the Sunday after this episode goes live on my Instagram story. So with that being said, 
My name's Andrew with Pride. See y'all later. Hey, everybody, did you like that episode? You know you did, and you know you want to see some more, so oh my god, you should click that subscribe button and then share it to someone else who wants to hear it. And then go find me on Instagram or TikTok or whatever at Andrew PFM and hit me with some questions of your own. So we'll see you guys there later.